0: Uh, I hesitate about doing what I'm going to do tonight with the film. I don't want you to do that. I was I had a procedure done today, and I wanted to be sure I was over that. They told me not to drive for 24 hours, so my wife is chauffeuring me around, and I'm about to have a heart attack and die. But uh, we want to watch a special film. I'll just introduce the preacher in just a minute. If you'll turn around and look on the wall, it with a screen on the wall, that's the, that's the site we're trying to get up here. We've ordered the equipment. It's already been ordered a long time to try to get up here to look like that so we're working on it and we got used to it and it's been a precious thing to have so during the service i don't want you to stand up and turn around but if you want to if you want to look back that way talk fine with me dr gibbs if i have a favorite preacher in america and around the world uh, among that among that list would be him i've listened to his sermons habitually for many many years he is an attorney He's the director and head of CLA. We support Missionary Wise Enterprise uh, to help us in battle legally. But he's a great preacher, one of the greatest preachers that you'll probably ever hear. And you listen tonight to the message he has. And I love to listen to him. I encourage you to tune him in anytime on YouTube or just punch his name in. On this one, he's preaching at Berean Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. And just a great sermon. I thought it might be appropriate tonight for us to listen to it and watch it and see a different voice and a different face and let God speak to your heart. I believe you'll be spoken to before you leave tonight if you open your hearts and let God speak to you. Dr. David Gibbs.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just want to assure you, when I walk in a courtroom, they don't do that for me, okay? <laughs> they just don't do that. Thank you for all of the music tonight, Man, that touched my heart. Uh, everywhere I go in America, I say the same thing. I believe in America it should be perfectly legal to shoot a bad choir. <laughs> you know, I'd just be able to kill them and put them out of their misery. And people always ask me, why do you say that, Brother Gibbs? Because a choir can dig a hole that no preacher can get out of. And boy, I'm thankful. That choir yesterday and today. Let's thank these choirs and these people again. And Miss Deborah at the piano there, thank you for all that you do. And those men, if they bought a bus, I think they could be in business. That was a blessing to hear them. I love being with your pastor. What a man with a passion for Christ and thank you for being here tonight not one person in this room could not have easily absented himself you could have easily come up with an excuse not to be here tonight and the one thing we all understand is we don't get any repeats we don't push a button to reset tonight once it's set is done And I'm honored not that you've come to hear me, but that you've come to hear the Word of God. And to stand with this great pastor in this great church. And bringing that choir. Thank you for doing that, my brother Mark. That is tremendous. Stand if you would please. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Tonight I want to ask you this question. Do you want to be used? do you want to be used well brother Gibbs what kind of Christian would I be if I didn't want to be used well you know what I've discovered an awful lot of people think they want to be used but then they come down to the conditions of being used and all of a sudden they say well I got to think about that and pretty soon they pale and they fall away Nothing greater in life than being used of God. Every one of us here is just marching quick towards eternity. I'm at the age where I'm unbelievably impressed with how quick life goes by. I mean, it's just a vapor here and then gone. I love teenagers. I love teenagers because they're so unbelievably stupid. (laughs) They are. I'm not being critical of the teenagers. When you were a teenager, you were just that stupid, too. A teenager doesn't ever think they'll be age 40. They think between them and age 40 is 50 millenniums. But you blink your eyes when you're a teenager, and then you're in your 20s. You blink them once more, you're in your 30s, and after that, you don't get to blink at all. And life just goes pushing by. And the question is, do I want to be used? Do you want to be used? Well, we're about to look at the life of a man, Noah, who was incredibly used of God. And God gave us the conditions by which he was used. Hebrews 11, chapter, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Uh, I'm not going to preach on this verse at length, but please hear me. One of our problems is we forget what pleases God. The fact this building is here doesn't thrill him. The faith it took to get this building here thrills him. It's the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? What's on your prayer list that you're hoping for? That's faith. Drop down if you would then please to verse 6. But without faith it's impossible to please him. Now please underline the word impossible in your Bible. Doesn't say it's difficult, doesn't say it's unlikely, doesn't say it's challenging. It says without faith, without us hoping for things, we can't do one thing to please him. I've asked myself this many times. I wonder how many days I worked hard, but faith wasn't in the factor. We're kind of like, well, I just hope he's impressed with the fact that I worked hard. That I was diligent. And God says without faith you can't please me. But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now Noah. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Bow your heads in prayer. Father, tonight, by your grace we want to be used. If there was ever an hour that America needs to see God's people do something, this is the hour. And God, by your grace, we want to be a people who you can use. Hear the cry of our heart. Hear my cry in Jesus' name. And all God's children together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The world was in dire straits. By the way, the world's always been in dire straits dire straits but it became so wicked and so lawless that you read in the book of Genesis chapter 6 that God literally decided to wipe it out he said enough enough we have this idea that God will put up with anything that's not true one day there's going to be a judgment and God said, Enough, I'm not putting up with it anymore. And the Bible says it repented the Lord that he'd made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. That said, I'm going to wipe this out and start over. But there was a man called Noah, and in verse 8 of chapter 6, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a man that had something. That God could use. Now you know the story. God came to him and said. I want you to build an ark. I want you to build an ark. That's going to save you your family. And save the husbandry of the earth. And God told him exactly the measurements that he wanted. 300 cubits long. 50 cubits wide. 30 cubits high. That would have been the length of one and a half football fields. Now these people had never seen a boat before. They'd never seen a rain before. And all of a sudden God said, I'm going to wipe it out with a flood. And I want you to build this boat. And it's going to be big. It's going to be able to hold, if you can imagine this, 125,000 animals. The National Zoo in Washington, D.C. is our largest zoo in America. And that zoo in Washington, D.C. does not come close to holding 125,000. It holds 60,000. God says this boat is going to be enormous but here was the key God could have just said there it is I created it for you get in God went to Noah and said I want you to take me at my word I'm going to do this and I want you to build the ark it's going to take you 120 years to do it. For 120 years you're going to labor for something that the world's never seen. And that people are going to say, what in the world is that? Have you lost your mind? In the Bible, his act of obedience is the longest recorded obedience in all of Scripture. It took him 43,800 days to build the ark. And it was all by faith. Uh, Would you explain to me why we're doing this? Could you give me an idea what this is about? No, the one thing I can tell you is God said do it. And I don't quite understand what it's going to do. But I'm going to do it. if God told you to do something that was absolutely bizarre to this world that had you being questioned and by the way nobody can question you like nice people who think you're nuts (laughs) they got this polite way of carving you into pieces hmm But God picked him. And here's what the Bible says about Noah. Verse 22 chapter 6. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. God repeats that again in chapter 7 verse 5. And Noah did according to all unto the Lord commanded him. And I love verse 1 of chapter 7 And the Lord said unto Noah Come thou and thy house unto the ark For thee have I seen righteousness Before me in this generation You're somebody I can use Noah And if you and I were there Could God have used us Would God have said David I can use you I can use you ma'am I can use you sir What are the keys to being used? The God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we want to see God do something, a good life to look at is the life of Noah. Because God tells us exactly why he picked him. And why. Write these three things down. Here's number one, and boy, it's the biggest by far. God picked him because Noah surrendered his choice God surrendered his choice You see here's where I'm at God I want you to use me now here's what I got in mind Here's what I think we ought to do Here's what I like the sound of Uh, God I I think if I would just do this this and this and if you'd kick in and help me uh, God between you and me I can handle about 80% of it If you just kick and help me with the other 20%, we could be this dynamic partnership, you and me, God. And God says, I'm not interested in a partnership. I'm interested in a lordship. When's the last time you went to God and said, what do you want? Anything. And you meant it. When's the last time you did a surrendered decision? Oh, I know we sing the great song, I Surrender All. Perhaps the best altar call song ever written. All to Jesus I Surrender. But we know the words. We just sort of in rote sing them. But when's the last time from the depths of your heart you said to God. What do you want I'll do it. Oh now David. That'd be risky. I mean no telling what God might come up with. And what if God comes up to something I'm not interested in. God, why'd you pick Noah? He surrendered his decision to me. I said, here's what I want you to do. And he did it. He surrendered. I'm afraid that in America we've become selfish. We want God on our terms. I mean, Brother Gibbs, I... (laughs) Man, if I told God he could do anything, what if God wants to send me to some God-forsaken place? Live on dirt floors? Not see my grandbabies? No, 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 I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. You see, you've already boxed yourself out. If you want to be used, it starts with a Surrender. An ability to do it. I was in a church in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. It was a Sunday night. I preached and a young man and his wife came to the altar during the altar call and the church just came unhinged when he came forward. And the people were crying and waving white hankies and I said to the pastor, is this a fellow that's got bad sin in his life or something? They said, oh, no, 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 no. He's one of the finest Christians we have. And I said, well, whatever happened? Why is everybody so excited? They said, tonight he surrendered. I said, to what? Brother Gibbs, he's a, a medical doctor. Who specializes in rebuilding brains. He doesn't operate on brains He rebuilds them And I thought to myself Boy there's some days I ought to get in line And get one (laughs) He said Brother Gibbs Let me explain his education Four years of college Four years of medical school Fourteen years of specialty training And three future years Of more training. The finest medical facilities in the world are begging him to come. He can write his own ticket. He's got it all. In America right now. They're offering him millions of dollars. One medical facility said sign your name. Here's ten million dollars. In other words, that would sign your name here, $6 million, and we'll give you that every year you're here. They're offering him houses and cars and country clubs and yachts. Everybody's begging for his talent. But he walked forward to go to the mission field. He's going to live on dirt floors in the far reaches of the Amazon he's not going to be in some surgery suite where he's this acclaimed expert he's let God make the decision whoa well man if I had that I, I don't think I'd go work on dirt floors I mean, I think I'd, I'd be willing to give half that money. No, no, no. God says, I want to use you the way I want to use you. And that's why I could pick Noah. He obeyed me. He surrendered to me. it's a funny thing about this surrender you don't do it once and there it does I love what I heard a preacher one day say he said I have to every morning I get up re-surrender because I keep wanting to pick my life back up and live it my way God says what I want you to do is being willing to let me pick the choice the choice for your future the choice for your time The choice for your reputation, the choice for your comfort, the choice for your finances. Wow. We had a couple come up to us in a church we were in. And this man and his wife were in their mid 70s. And they said, We've just come back from the mission field. We were in church one night and we surrendered we'd retired and we were living the good life we had a retirement Michael you were there when this happened they said we had more money than we needed we were just living the good life by our kids and God said I want to send you to Russia as a missionary we said no 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 not us no not us But that night we surrendered. On the way home in our car, you preached a message, Brother Gibbs, about surrender. So we went to the mission field. We sold everything. We cashed out every dime we had. Would you be willing to cash out every dime you have? They said we've just come back from being there for two years And in the last two years we've won 1700 people to christ We've started two churches And we're going back And I looked at him I looked at that doctor and I thought would david gibbs do that Would you Every person in this room tonight is going to make a decision. You're going to say, Lord, what do you want? Here am I, send me. Or you are going to walk out and say, no, I'm I'm willing to do stuff for you, Lord. And by the way, I think you ought to just be thankful. A lot of people don't want to do anything for you. At least I'm willing to do something. But you're going to want to do it your way. The reason God could use Noah To literally save the earth Was because he let God make the decision Wow Write the second key down By the way please put this first. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 Please remember the day you got saved The Bible says you gave up the title deed to you You don't belong to you. You've been purchased with a price. And then it says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Stop acting like you belong to you. David Gibbs does not belong to David Gibbs. My friend, you don't belong to you. You belong to the Lord Jesus. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit the first key is you got to make a surrender choice second key, write this down, number two you got to be willing to look foolish the first time I heard that I thought "Oh, I don't like the way that sounds but the truth is this world thinks that faith is sheer foolishness and now sadly a lot of Christians think faith is foolishness The substance of things hoped for. What are you doing? You're dreaming. What are you talking about? You you can't do that. But you gotta be willing to look foolish to this world. <laughs> Noah built an ark in the middle of the desert. Took him 120 years to do it. But he was willing to look foolish. Sarah. At age 90 started. Putting together maternity clothes. Sarah you're not going to have a baby. What's the matter with you lady? No no she surrendered. Moses. Moses. Goes up against the mightiest military fortress of the day. Israel goes up against Egypt and says, let my people go. Moses, you out of your mind? If you want to go, you need to creep out of town. No, no, no. He was willing to look foolish. I love the Israelite army marching around Jericho with trumpets. Oh yeah, you guys look mighty. David facing Goliath his brothers in front of everybody criticized him and said get back with your few sheep he was willing to look foolish for the cause of Christ the wise men following a star not knowing where they're going Can you imagine if we walked out here tonight and said, everybody, you see that star? Just keep following. I don't know where we're going, but that's what we're doing. You'd say, "Uh, this don't make sense to me. Except they knew God told them to go follow it. They were willing to look foolish. Peter walking on water. By the way, the night he walked on water was in the middle of a storm. It was not a good night to stand up in the boat, let alone get out of the boat. But he was willing to look foolish. That night there could have been 12 water walkers, but there was only one. What would it take for you to say... I'm going to make a surrender decision, Lord, what do you want? And even if I look foolish, I'm going to do it. Our ministry started with the Christian Law Association one night because of my wife. I'd graduated from law school got a job with a fantastic large law firm in Cleveland. They paid me anything beyond I could ever imagine. I had a great future with them. Very good people. And my wife and I were having devotions one night. And as we got on our knees to pray, my wife said to me, can I ask you a question? I said, sure, babe. What? She said, do you think God could use you as a lawyer to have a ministry? I said, a lawyer with a ministry? She said, yeah. I said, honey, I don't think God even likes lawyers all that much. (laughs) This idea of lawyer and ministry, just a complete bypass. I said, what'd you have in mind? She said, well, this is 1969. 1969. She said, if a Christian's ever challenged or sued for the faith, could we tell God we'd defend them and never make a charge? I said, what'd you say (laughs) now? I said, what do you mean never make a charge? She said, I mean never make a charge. We'll do it by faith. I said where'd you get this idea she said I been praying and God put it on my heart I said well who in the world do you know is in trouble for the faith she said I don't know anybody I said babe this is she said well can we just tell God we're available I don't know what God wants you to do But what I know is he wants you to be available Here am I Truthfully I thought nothing Had ever come of it And how many of you men Ever said something to your wife Thinking nothing would ever come of it right Yeah That's like when they ask Does this dress look nice on me How many of you understand it's time to be polite that was a Thursday night the next Tuesday a pastor called me he said I understand you're a Christian I said I am he said well I think I've been sued for the faith I said I'm sure you're wrong but bring me your papers that afternoon he brought me the papers I read them I said man you have been sued for the faith no question he said well would you be willing to help me he said I don't have any money but I need help I said you're not going to believe this but we have a ministry that does this he said you do I said yeah he said what's its name I said it don't have a name (laughs) the fact you got a name doesn't mean you got anything He said, well, how long have you had it? I said, since last Thursday. (laughs) He said, you tell me I'd be your first case? I said, yeah. And I said, I'm a rookie lawyer. And this is a wicked bad case. You may want a way better lawyer than me, mister. He said, no, I think God brought me to you. Little did I know that that case would go on for 14 years. And that's the case we won the right to have Christian schools with. That night when I went home, I told my wife, I said, you're not going to believe what happened. She said, no, I believe it. She said, I saw it last Thursday. I told God, whatever. And she said, I'm going to start selling what we have to pay for it. I said, no, what are you talking about? (laughs) She said, I already called the bank about a second mortgage. I sold my car. I said, honey, that was your graduation gift for college from your parents. She said, I need the money for these cases. She said, I sold our laundry. I said, babe, you got three little kids. The nearest laundromat's three miles away. We live where there's snow. She said, no, we told God we'd do it. For four years, twice a week, she walked to that laundromat back and forth, pulling our kids in a wagon. Are you willing to look foolish? Her parents who loved us dear said, this makes no sense to us. What are you kids doing? somebody who loves you is going to question you but you got to surrender and by the grace of God you got to be willing to look foolish God why'd you use Noah he let me pick and he was willing to surrender and look foolish Building a boat in the middle of the desert. Write number three down. God does the picking. We're willing to surrender even to look foolish. And number three, we obey to the point of what God's revealed. We get rid of the fear of the unknown. You understand when Noah started building that boat, he didn't understand what God was going to do with it. But he obeyed to the point he knew what God wanted. If you're anything like me, I want to know point A, B, C, D, E, F. I want God to spell it all out. And you know what I've discovered? God does that sometimes, but rarely. Most of the time, God wants us to walk by faith. The substance of things hoped for. Hoped for. But I'm going to obey to that point. Oh, that changes everything. Psalm 143, verse 8: Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And when God wants you to take the next step, he'll order it. But are you willing to live with the unknown and obey to the point he's revealed? Wow. We see people go through bitter lawsuits and nasty contentious things. And these are godly people trying to do great things for God. And when they call they say, Brother Gibbs, I I don't know what to do. Keep obeying to the point that you are. Everybody who calls me, I tell them the same thing. They say, what's the first thing I got to do? I tell them give thanks. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When's the last time you gave thanks for a bitter problem? No, I'm not not thankful for that. God says get thankful in everything. Obey to the point that God's revealed. A young lady in Bible college by the name of Margaret was listening to a preacher one day and God spoke to her heart and God said Margaret what I want you to do is go to Malaysia to the headhunters all the missionaries have pulled out because they keep killing them and eating them talk about a field I'm not real interested in going to they don't just kill you they eat you And so she went up and talked to the and said, "God spoke to my heart." And he said, "Well, you need to think this out. This is probably the most dangerous field on planet Earth. They don't just incarcerate you. They don't just torture you. They, they kill you. And on these islands, all the oil companies have left because they kept killing the oil workers." But when she got home she talked to her pastor and said I want to go to the headhunters. And he said boy I don't know about it. Now her pastor is a Green Beret Special Forces Army hero. And he said listen I wouldn't go there. You're just a young lady. What makes you think you can go there? and she said I don't know I just know I'm to go obey to the point of what you know God said she went to a mission board and no mission board would touch her they said it's a suicide trip she tried to get some folks to go with her and nobody else wanted to go Everybody said we love you we're with you we'll pray for you from afar This is too dangerous She raised some money from friends sold everything she had and made her way to Malaysia She hired a helicopter to let her down on the key island The helicopter pilot was an old oil worker. And he said, lady, you don't want to do this. You don't know these people. They are cruel beyond words, beyond anything you could ever imagine. You do not want to get near them. She said, no. He said, well, have you ever repelled He said I can't get below 90 feet Because they throw spears and bring the choppers down You'll have to repel from 90 feet Have you ever done that? She said no He said I'll take you And in 30 days I'll be back to get you But you won't be there And he said my prayers They kill you quick they got in the chopper and off they went finally they got over the drop zone and the chopper pilot broke down and started sobbing uncontrollably he said you're the age of my daughter don't do this you'll never be back I love what Margaret said to him she said don't worry I don't have to come back I just have to go God never promised me I'd come back his message to me was go she repelled down The helicopter pilot got so tearful he almost crashed the chopper. An amazing thing happened when she came down. Out of all the tribes she could have landed on she landed on a tribe that had an oral tradition that as best they can tell was 400 years old that one day a white goddess would come out of the sky she came down they thought she was that white goddess so they started worshipping her they dropped their spears and started on their knees worshipping her and she said no I'm not a god but I'm from God she said it was the easiest soul winning you've ever done in your life I don't have to come back I do have to go Once she led that tribe to Christ, she said, I want to go over to the next island. They said, No, don't go there. Those are the people we fear. She said, No, I'm going to go. Before Margaret Stringer came back, she led 600 people to Christ. I got to meet her one day on a platform. When they brought her out I was blown away I thought Margaret Stringer's gotta be one tough cookie Rappelling down from 90 feet Taking the headhunters head on Doing what no man would do I thought she gotta just be tough as nails And this petite Fragile looking lady walked out And I said you're Margaret Stringer Can't be She said brother Gibbs you make me sound Like something She said I didn't Do it it just obeyed that's all I Did God did it The chief of the tribe That she led to the Lord was there And I Looked at him and I said you guys used to Eat people he said yeah I said, well, you have eaten me. He said, oh, you'd have fed us for a month. (laughs) Are you willing to let him decide? Are you willing to be willing to look foolish? This world thinks our faith is foolishness. And are you by the grace of God willing to be obedient as far as God gives you instruction? God, how'd you use Noah? He found grace, he obeyed me. Even when he didn't know all the details, he obeyed. We're living in a day now when it's absolutely critical. God to have people he can use This message tonight is not for you It's for me It's for my precious bride I don't know what the cost of the next steps Are going to be All I know is we're threatened like we've never been Threatened before America's changing But I got a God that said David you let me decide I surrender all. And David, be willing to look foolish. Remember, pride's a sin. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud. And then by the grace of God, once you've surrendered, obey to the point that he's led you. Don't ever read the story of Noah again. The man stayed obedient for 43,800 days. Obedient for 120 years. Now it's our turn. Bow your heads in prayer. Father, what a thrill to serve you. You don't need us. You privilege us to get to serve you. And God, we want to be you.